You ready? Mm-mm. You ready? <laughs> Welcome ready. to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. My name is Rob, and I'm getting sick by doing this. Oh, folks. <laughs> I'm getting a little sick, too. Oh, <laughs> Don't ever do the bobbing up and down thing and on the side to side. That's not really bad when I said that. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little so, <laughs> so how was your short week, buddy? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I haven't actually had a short week in like two weeks, so. Oh. Because yeah, of my work schedule, so yeah. it's, well, it, it is what it is. Would, do you anything special for New Year's Eve? No, God, no. It was great. I, I did. Fucking <laughs> at least. Uh, I think we went out to lunch, came home, I had a beer at like seven, fell asleep for a little while. So I watched a movie and fell asleep after that. Woke up and went, oh, fuck, man, it's probably after midnight. And he's like, oh, no, it's only like 11. So I started playing a game. And then she came in and went, oh, Happy New Year's. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is midnight. All right. And then I stayed up till like 3 o'clock playing a game and went to bed. It's pretty much the extent of my New Year's. Like, ah, perfect. Well, perfect. Yeah, my New Year's was... I, I'll put it this way, my New Year's Eve was interesting because my wife gave me a really dirty look. She didn't yell at me, <laughs> but she gave me a dirty look for a comment I made. And the people at the establishment we stayed at gave me a really weird oh, look. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we went out to the local casino here. They have a motel, hotel, whatever. We gambled a little bit. Well, we're checking in. It was me, my wife, and one of her friends. Oh, yeah. And there's just and like oh because everybody's like oh you with these I'm I'm with these two girls I said I'm with these two girls, <laughs> and the cashier the check-in or lady whatever looked at me like okay, and I caught the look so I did this we're checking in and like oh just we'll need she said how many room keys do you need I said just two, and I said, and I just kind of I was for, I wasn't paying attention and I looked over at our my wife's friend I said now you need to go out and get the camera equipment so we can record tonight. <laughs> and I heard it I said it loud uh, enough that the oh, people yeah. behind us heard it and they're like my wife's like if I, if I could have died I would have shriveled up like a little flower right oh I could imagine she was pretty happy about that but I thought it was funny <laughs> go get the camera it, equipment it isn't it's super dirty on its own yeah you make it you the, do the, what you then say. the really really weird part about it about 11 o'clock one of her gay friends showed up I'm oh like, shit! Damn it! We need the camera equipment now. Where, where? <laughs> oh man, that's funny as shit. Because she's like, "Loyal, he said he's gonna have camera equipment in the room." Loyal just busted out laughing. That's he's like, fucking What the funny. fuck? That's funny as hell. <laughs> uh, no, I had no, a pretty interesting. Pretty Nothing happened, so it, right. kind of boring. Had a few cocktails, made a couple bucks, and that's about it. That's my New Year's Eve. Hopefully, everybody else out there and, low key night. Yeah, I hope everybody else out there and. Listening land had a good New Year's Eve or whatever you celebrate. Yeah, right. Typical yeah. Sunday, you know, oh, Saturday night. Actually, it's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, that's what really fucked me up because I kept thinking it was Sunday. Yeah. And, and no, it was actually Saturday. Like I said, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, because I don't want to do anything anyways. But you don't ever want to do anything fun anymore. Well, not for New Year's. I hate New Year's, man. I fucking hate it. I just I just can't stand it. At least it's it did fall like on a Sunday and it worked the next day. Well, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. But I felt really good the next day. The wife, not so much. Oh, yeah. And her friend, not so much. One of them had a really bad gas. Uh, farted. And they're like, oh, my God, who's dying? At that point, it doesn't matter which one. It's just oh, it was like, me. It's, it's, it was it's, me. It's, it's, <laughs> and they're like, I, I, they'll eke out, you know? Right, right. And they're like, oh, my God, you're going to make us sick. They're like, we're going downstairs. I'm like, okay, well, I just have to hurt my phone because I didn't right. want to waste money yet. <laughs> yeah. And they come back up, you go take a shit yet. I'm like, No. You need to. I'm like, I don't got to go. I can't go if I ain't got to go. 
Uh, but it was bad. It would paint peel off the. It would paint. It would right. peel the paint off a wall. Oh my god! That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeesh. But thinking, Yeesh. well, smell it. Talking about fluffy, stinky clouds. We're good. Have you heard the cloud cows? Uh, no, I don't. Cloud think I have. Cloud cows. Oh, it's hard to say, really. Right. Cloud cows are yet another mysterious anomaly of Appalachia. Oh. Pure white cows that disappear if you glance away. Science you may have witchy talent can manifest early, sometimes by attracting unexplainable events as a child. This woman tells the story of a strange herd of cows that seem to appear and disappear by supernatural powers. Hmm. Her grandmother lived deep in the heart of Appalachia, hopefully I say that wrong, and had a pasture that ran up to her fence. Sometimes there would be a small herd of five solid white cows grazing, out grazing on her grand's never grazing but her grand never knew who owned them the cows seemed to be like so the cows seemed to like this woman when she was a kid and they would always come to the fence to see her when she was there the best thing about these cows is how they would disappear in a blink of an eye if you glanced away for even a moment they could vanish by the time you looked back she and her granny took to calling them cloud cows because how they would be there and then very suddenly just weren't anymore hmm her grandmother tried to explain it away as the cows going into a hollow back in the woods, but the fence stopped at the trees. The whole pasture was visible from their porch, and the cows simply would not be in it. There was always kind; They were always kind and friendly when they would come near the woman in her childhood, but she no longer believes they were really cow. That's not the only strange thing she saw while living in Appalachia. She also had a terrifying incident in what she calls the Screaming Woods. Oh, there's a link to the story. I didn't go to the link. Jesus. Five white cows. Isn't that like a really weird fade creature or something? That's what I'm wondering. But it's five, you know, it's points of a pentagram and right. a star or whatever. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's weird. That's kind of what I was saying. It's like, what are these things actually? I don't think they're actually ghost cows. Uh, I think they're something else. But That'd be that's... trip White cows, I've seen... Well, the only thing I think of white cows is a charlet. Right. But they're kind of like a dirty white. Yeah, it's... They're a, not like a, lim- a limousine cow that has back and front black, and the middle is extremely white. Yeah. Maybe they're a different... I don't know about you. If they're in a pasture, and all of a sudden they're there, and they're not there. They're, yeah. That's, that's oh, the dude, part. You know what they are? They're trans-dimensional cows. They're a scouting party for the next... From Planet Mula to come and take over. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's it. They're they're scouts. It's just good in a reason. Just act like you're Fred. Just act like you're a normal cow. Eat this grass stuff. Eat the grass. But I'm not a vegetarian. I'm Episcopalian. (laughs) I'll eat fish. Yeah, like, what the fuck, man? No, that's that's fucking weird. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was, like, open back to the woods or something. Yeah. But But no, it's sealed pasture. Um... They're, they're a big animal to just disappear. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like that fast. Yeah. Especially five of them. I mean, they'll eventually follow each other, but you're going to see where they're going. You know, they're not... They can move. Don't get me wrong. Cows can move like a motherfucker when they're motivated to. Oh, yeah, they can. But... Hanging out friendly in a pasture, not really motivated to move fast. Yeah, as long as nothing's harassing them, they move. Right. It's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, pretty I'll, much. I'll stomp you if I want. I'm not going to, but I can stomp you. <laughs> No, it's got an interesting story about Appalachia. Yeah, it's got all them weird stories oh, out there. Yeah. Like the whole dog yeah. and all them fun stuff. There's so much like little weird shit that just from each little region where it's like, oh yeah, we got this thing. It's the demon gopher. What the fuck, man? <laughs> we got the vampire frogs, demon yeah, gophers. Yeah. What do you want? We got it. Like, what the hell, man? 
See, but that's where the people that want to go camping on the Appalachia. There you go, buddies. You, they're getting, now you got cl- cloud cows to worry about. You're right, yeah. Now we can go find some They're probably coming cows. to abduct you. Ooh. <laughs> How would you explain that as an abduction? Oh, I know. Just think if you had, let's say you got an abduction, and all of a sudden you see like a cow, an all-white cow. You're laying at the table, and it's just, its big head just looking uh, down yeah, at you. Yeah. Then you hear it talking. It's like, <coughs> don't worry, we're just going to milk you. I'm, I'm, I'm just picturing like the, the Glenn Larson far side. Yeah. Cows is kind of what I'm picturing. No, what you're saying about Gle- Gary. Is it Gary? The, 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 Gary Larson or Gary? Gar- um, Gary Larson. Yep. Far side cow comics. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, that was my thought too. It's like, well, let's see how you like being milked. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I like this. <laughs> I'm not milkable. Well, uh, well, technically. Right. You're kind of don't worry, we have the technology. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, but I've only found two articles this week. And the second one, we're going to keep it short so we can get into this Russia stuff here. This is the title of the other article. Funeral homeowner gets 20 years in prison for cutting up dead bodies and secretly selling the parts. Oh. Yeah, that's funny. A Colorado funeral home director was sent to, operator was sentenced twenty years, sentenced to twenty years for fraud. The DOG said, Megan has sold body parts without family permission in a grisly scheme uncovered by routers, routers, router routers, whatever. Has betrayed the trust of hundreds of victims and mutilated their loved ones. The DOG said, the Colorado fu- funeral homeowner who carved up the corpses, sold their parts without family permission, was sentenced to twenty years in prison on Tuesday, according to the Department of Justice. 46-year-old Megan Hess operated the Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in Montrose, Colorado, alongside a, alongside a body part entity called Donor Services, where she undertook the grisly scheme starting in 2010. Hess pled guilty to fraud last July. Her mother, Shirley Cock, 69, also pleaded guilty to her part in the scheme, which, according to Rogers, mainly involved her chopping up the bodies. Cock was sentenced to 15 years. Uh, Hess admitted that after selling a cremation package for up to $1,000 to the families, she would instead have the deceased person's body dismembered and sell the parts to body broker services, per the DOG. In some cases, she would raise the topic of body donation to the families, but would pass, but would pass on the body parts even after the refusal, it said. Families that were frequently set ashes purporting to be of their loved ones, but were actually from mixed remains of various cadavers. Yeah, I, I do remember when that happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I was just like, oh, what the fuck, lady? What the fuck? But that's like only like half the article. I want to know how she sold them, where she sold them, who she sold right. them to. I mean, I could use some money. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, it's just, I'm going to edit that uh, part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just fucked up, man. It's like, yeah. And I, I suppose they don't want to get into too much detail of, you know, black market fucking organ sales uh, in, in their news article. Well, but, they should get a little, shit, a little bit of context, like, so. It, right. Like, who, who, my question is. Who would buy them? They're deceased. They're not good for body transfers. No. What? Who would buy them? For what? I, I, I understand for what probably purposes, but that's a I, right. my mind goes in a really creepy Weird gutter shit. way. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, like I, some of it I think gets sold for for science stuff. Uh, it's kind of like actually just this week there were a bunch of skulls coming up from Mexico that got uh, 
Oh, the ones wrapped in tinfoil. Yeah, the ones that were all wrapped up. And as I said, yeah, it's like we, we understand that it's going to, I think it was University, South Carolina, is where they were headed. But it's like, um, this is still kind of, there. there's rules against uh, sending, sending skulls across the border without certain uh, paperwork. But yeah, no, they had these just wrapped up and then tinfoil wrapped around them and put in a box. Is heading over to South Carolina somewhere. I was like, um, yeah, that's not uh, probably the best way to are, do that. Are medical universities ready for body parts that much? Oh, there's there's big business in that. Oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, cadavers and all that stuff. Yeah. So how many days you got left to live, Marty? <laughs> right. <laughs> I need the money. Yeah, the money. no doubt. But yeah, no, it's yeah the the the. Uh, in essence, the the grave robbing of the you know eighteen hundreds is still alive and well. It's just done in a more high tech way, <laughs> except when you're sending them in a box from Mexico. But but, yeah, but you would think uh, there would be more in the article about who she was sending them to because there'd be traceable. Because right. you think she'd be like twenty years. Most people think it's a long. It is a long time. It is. But you'd be like, hey, I sold it to here. Can you knock down my sentence right. a little bit? And that, yeah, yeah, maybe people she was dealing with, she was more worried about them. That than, uh, could be. I would have to go with that route more than anything else. She's probably dealing with some nefarious people. Oh more. yeah, I mean, anytime you're shipping body parts places and doing it under the table, it's probably not an up and up business. I just, owner. Uh, God damn it! Now that you have me thinking about this. I wonder what kind of body parts they were selling. Like, oh, here's a leg, <laughs> right. arm, a hand, a finger. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't want I'm just. I'm just saying, thinking like the financial reason. How how much would you get for it though? Right. I mean, I'm like, how much is that actually worth? That actually have a corpse that's been that's yeah, has formaldehyde in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to put an order in for three toes, big toes, preferably. Yeah, big toes. But pinky toes will be okay. <laughs> that little piggy needs to stay there. Yeah. Uh, I need that. Man, she got some damn head now. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> what the hell. Yeah, I don't know. It's just fucked up. Maybe it's an underground uh, necromancer thing going on. I don't know. Ooh, that's a black... I better not say that. They might be listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck it, I'll say it. Probably the Black Magic Mafia or something. (coughs) Right, I mean, I'm just saying, that is an option out there for where things go to. Yeah, because that's people who don't mess with the Black Magic Mafia. Yeah. That, folks, is a real thing. Yeah, that is is a real... It's not a thing, it's a group. Yeah. And they have a lot of pull in there. They kind of do like that whole spirit cooking and all that. Yeah. They're, they're like cooking with real spirits, supposedly. Yeah, it's uh, not not a group I'd go messing with. No, nope. so that's what next week's article too. Right, right. New- We're exposing it. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I know nothing, actually, so... Well, since we're talking about some fucked up shit, we're going to talk about the Roswells of Russia or Siberia. No. Yes. <laughs> I looked on a map a million times, and there's no town named Roswell. None in Siberia. So well, it's all bullshit. It was, yeah, it's, calling it's bullshit no, on the stories. I could probably find a Roswell in <laughs> Siberia. There's a lot of damn towns in that country. <laughs> Like Little I said hunts. last week, they'll have way too many consonants in their damn name. Right. You can't yeah. say half of them. This, I can actually pronounce some of these words. Right. That's a good thing. First place we're going to talk about is Kasputin Yar. Yes. This first, I'm going to say the 10 mysteries of Kasputin Yar and about aliens and UFOs. I got all this information from the internet. I don't have time to buy all these books. I don't have the finances oh, yeah, no, to do it's, it. it, it so, there's a lot of those things like when you're looking for stuff. 
a lot of links are into, hey, come buy my book. That would be great, but I'm not paying $30 every time I find a goddamn book. That's yeah. one thing I want to know. Because Boot and Yar actually had two events, one in 1948 and yes. one in 1989. Year graduated. woo I was Man. actually in the Army when this happened. <laughs> oh, wow. Number one, a cigar-shaped UFO had reportedly crashed in the vicinity of Kasputin Yar after it got detected by Soviet radar and was eventually pulled down by the MiG-26 jets. The incident had happened in 1984, one year after the much-famed Roswell crash in America. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, th- I think with this, uh, what, what first happened, I think, is they started getting these erratic pings on their radar. Yep. And they're like, what is going on here? So they scramble the MIG to go, hey, go check this out. Something's popping up, disappearing, popping up over here. Go see what the fuck's going on. Is it a flock of birds? What what are we dealing with? We got this goddamn Yankee spies? What are we dealing with here? I mean, this is 48. Yeah. I mean, it's right after World War II. And was basically... It, was the U-2 around then? Oh, yeah. Oh, the U-2, that's what they were probably... It was right around mm-hmm. uh, after that, I think, is when the U-2 came out, early 50s. But, yeah, uh, the, the the Cold War was starting to brew at that point, post-World War II, between us and, and Russia. I, I, okay, the U-2 guys, it wasn't Bono up there flying an airplane. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> U-2 was a high-altitude uh, high spy craft airplane. Yep. It was a predecessor to the SR-71. Yeah, it, it was basically considered one of the first... Un- unfindable spy planes. But the funny thing is, they found it. You know how they found it? Yeah. It's shaped, it's a giant silver can. Yeah. The sunlight glint off. They're like, what the fuck is that up there? Going Shoot it down! <laughs> then they started looking for glints because it was it was yeah. silver in color. Yeah, it, yeah. They, they, well, the idea was that, oh, it'll just blend in with the sky up there. Yeah. Unfortunately, they uh, did bright paint. silver uh, uh, also... <laughs> Reflects light really well, even from high distances. You think they would have been smart enough, let's paint the belly blue right. or white. Nope, even, everything's silver. Because even in World War II, a, a lot of our, our fighter planes, the underside would be like a grayish yeah. to blend in with the sky. Yep. Now, like, you see the tiger stripe paint and all this camo on it. That's that was on, on the top. Sides in the top yep. where you couldn't see it. But if you're looking straight up at it, you it, it blends in. That was the whole idea. Yeah. And then you have the SR-71, which is one of my favorite planes of all time. Which is just well, so fast and went so high that they were just like... Yeah, well, you see the new one that's coming out? It's, yes. That, well, oh. you see the front view of it. Yeah. That's all you see. Oh. I want to see oh. this. That's probably all the triangles we've been seeing. Oh, she just looks pretty. And she's but, white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they didn't learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. Wait. Huh? Cloud cows, white spy plane. Hmm. Oh, All I'm saying. I like where your brain's going. But yeah, I know they they scramble this Meg to uh, see what the fuck's going on out here, and it, it pretty quickly catches sight of this craft, and it's like we don't know what this is, and it gives pursuit. Uh, they actually get into an altercation, according to, to Got, the they reports. get into a dogfight. Yeah, and before that, actually, there's the Russians say. Hey, Go to the ground. Nyet, nyet, go yep, to the yep, ground. Yep. We got vodka, go to the ground. But yeah, no, he gets into a, a, a skirmish with this thing. Uh, blasts, I don't know if it was a missile or a rocket. There is a difference. Uh, but it does hit this ship. The same time the ship itself blasts it with this light. 
that scrambles the MIG. Yep. So both of them basically go crashing into the ground yep. at really high speed. All right, that leads me up to point number two, interesting fact. Number two, the Soviet pilots entered the crashed alien craft and found the bodies of three aliens. While two of them were killed in the crash, the third one was on the verge of dying. In spite of making several attempts to save the life of the third alien, it expired. That is almost word for word what happened at Roswell. Yes. And they do not give any description of the alien. No. I, Anywhere, around, I have I, never seen any write-up on what it actually looked like. Uh, the general assumption is it is a, a typical gray. I mean, that's just the assumption. But nobody says anything. They don't describe it. Well, it's, it kind of makes it... All the research... Actually, folks, we have done research on this. So. Yeah. Don't let it fool yeah, you. Don't, let, don't our, let our fuckery fool you. Yeah. Man. We actually do look into stuff. But it's funny because... If you look up um, Kasputin Yar on Google Earth Pro, yes. it actually has Kasputin Yar, then it has Kasputin Yar UFO incident. Oh, yeah. yeah it's not, they're not quite, they're about 10 miles away from yeah, each other. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. But the funny thing is, we did on our previous program where we talked about possum people. Remember when we talked about that? Did we? Yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> they were like an alien that were shut down in oh, China. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, were yeah. happening around the same time. Yeah. So I wish I would. They would tell us about the aliens look like because I kind of want to believe they look like possums. That would be that would be pretty interesting actually. But yeah, no, I I I don't know. Like I said, we we've had enough stories come out of Roswell that we have a, a pretty general idea of what they look like. Oh, they do give a description here later on down. But it's that's this is the, yeah, this is the first a, place I've seen it. Okay, what? Sorry, I mean no, that—that no, that was my New Year's resolution. I'm going to try not talk <coughs> over Marty's because I got—I've okay. had a couple of guys that were uh, listen to the podcast saying, "You got to quit talking over top of Marty." I'm like, I'm sorry. When I yeah, have something to say, over, I got to say. Right, we talk over each other all the time. I'm old. I forget things really fast. <laughs> I get sore and leave me be. Yeah. Uh, no, we talk over each other all the time. It's just kind of how it is. That's it's not bad. like I'm like, oh fuck, I, I better sit down here and be quiet. He started talking. Well, it'd be no, nice if you were quiet for a while. No, no, I know. I don't. doing all the damn to. talking. When I'm by myself, I, I talk actually a lot. But, yeah. I don't want to hear you about talking to the yogurt-headed yogurt, <laughs> <Right>. yogurt slinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goddamn. All right, I'm going to go back here. Before crashing the ground, right. the alien cra- aircraft had counterattacked and had fired par- particle beams toward the Soviet jet, which did, which did injure the aircraft and pull it down as well. Number four, the aliens were reported to be four foot tall with reptile-like skin with a bluish green in color. Their appearance was correct. Big fucking words. I hate them. Their appearance was characterized by long fingers, dark eyes, and hairless large heads. The crashed aircraft is believed to have been taken inside Kaputin Yar underground military facility where reverse engineering is being carried out on the alien craft. It is also believed that the Russians could conceptualize and get on with the Sputnik owing to their findings for reverse engineering the alien craft that was captured and kept in the underground base at Kasputin Yar. So yeah. basically they're saying like, yeah, they got an alien and they already had Sputnik. So. Well, yeah, there, there was a lot of uh, advancements in like the 18 months following this incident mm-hmm. in their... Not only just their space program, their missile program, anything Arianics had a massive jump like in the next year and a half. 
Which is, you know, coincidental, I'm sure. Yeah, it's perfectly coincidental. But yeah, no. Yeah, Sputnik. We're still angry about that. Why? That's a, <laughs> like, because they're always a basketball. Yeah, it's just a little spiky ball. We should be more worried about the dog they put up there. Oh. Poor Luca. I think it was Luca. Yeah, yep. There's also a special elliptical area inside the Kasputin Yard base where animals would not go. And the pulse rates of human being would get affected strangely if they entered the area. It is believed this to have been the site of the second crash of UFO in 1961. So there's actually three things, three UFOs events at this one mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, this is. 61 I had not heard about. This part of Russia was has been experienced UFO sightings more than in other parts of the vast country. One theory is that modern UFO visits are interstellar race, are interstellar rescue missions for the crashed UFOs. I have, I have, like everybody knows this with me, I have issues with aliens. But I'm pretty sure if Doug stole the UFO, crashed it, there is some kind of tracking on it saying, yeah, this machine no longer works. Right. And there's probably no survivors. Because we have, with our own technology, with astronauts, we can tell when astronauts are oh, yeah. up in space. We can tell when their heart rate's elevated or whatever they're dropping. I'm pretty sure aliens already know if their compa- compa- counterparts are dead or not. Right, right. So it's not a rescue mission. <laughs> no, it, it's more of a uh, get our shit back, uh, keep it out of the apes' hands uh, kind of mission <laughs> at that point. Um yeah, no. Cause so they're like are, Charleston Heston coming back and playing yeah, right. apes. Yes, <laughs> get your damn dirty hands off that. But yeah, no, it's because uh, Spoutonyar itself is it, kind of an interesting place. Um, it is a missile launch area. It is an Air Force base, and they also then do testing there. Uh, it, it is believed that it is basically the equivalent of Area Fifty One. Area Fifty One. Yeah. Where they were doing testing on different planes, all this other new tech was being tested here. Uh, it's believed the the bowels of this system is where they've kept everything, because uh, there is a, a massive tunnel system, rooms where they think they they've kept some of the aliens, uh, done autopsies, where they did a lot of the back engineering of the stuff that they did find. Uh, so very much a, a Area Fifty One. Uh, in the middle of, you know, nowhere, kind of like our Area 51 is also. But, yeah, it's uh, a lot of stuff has just kind of happened around there. There again, it's it's a, 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 it was an active missile launching site, which, again, we have a lot of stories of these ships being interested in missile launching sites. Uh so it, it isn't that strange that it might be. I figured out, out why the aliens were there. I didn't write. I wrote this down, but I got rid of it in my notes. Oh. Like, not nowhere in like let's say ten miles away from Kasputnyar, there's a natural forming salt lake. Hmm. That's like Lake Otello or Lake Eric or some shit like that. And it's on Google Earth. I, I used a lot of that when I was talking about. There's like, what's the terrain here on this sucker? So oh, it gives yeah. you a better idea yeah. of what you're talking about. But it's only like. Six feet deep. It's like solid water. Solid salt water. Really? Yeah, it's huge. It's a fairly large lake. I think that's it, why the aliens came there. They, they, they had a little salt in their diet. You're right. We need a little sodium, guys. Yeah. Then also, in 89, there's the, there are UFO files under... Ugh. 
There are UFO files under the custody of the KGB where testimonies of the Russian military personnel are, are noted down. As for one of these files, there were seven witnesses who had observed UFO activity over the base of Kasputin Yar on the 28th of July, 1989. Hmm. The seven witnesses had seen three flying objects which were disc-shaped, had a diameter of four to five meters, and had semicircular spheres on top, moved noiselessly and abruptly over the vast, over the base between 10-12 p.m. and 11-55 p.m. The mysterious UFO hovered over the ground at a height of about 200 feet. It may not be as popular as Roswell, but Kasputin Yar is now behind, is not to be behind in terms of its connection with aliens and UFOs. No, absolutely. I, I, uh, I, right now, I honestly find it a little more interesting than Roswell. Maybe it's because we've been flooded by Roswell stuff for so many decades. Well, and it's like, well, there's only so much we can know because no one's going to release anything other than what we've already seen. Well, speaking of that, no, they had that awesome disclosure we had this right. year or last, yeah, year. last year. Now there's rumors going around. It's not, it's going to completely happen. It's going to happen, man. Full this time. Full disclosure in 2026. Oh, oh, okay, 26. Well, they know everything's going to end in 2025, so they don't care. Yeah. They'll tell you whatever they want. But that's like, there's everybody seems to be promoting that now. It's like 2026, full disclosure. Yeah, right. the, the elites are just getting their pigs in a row. I'm like, the elites have had their pigs in a row for a long damn time. Right. Uh, to me, sometimes it feels like a, a Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, the, the fans of the UFO thing, where it's like every year they're like, okay, we're waiting, ready for the big one this year. This is going to be it, man. And then it pisses in our face. And we're like, that wasn't really it. We're just getting ready. <coughs> Next year, that's when we're going to see the big shit happen. And it never is because to some extent, I think there's a lot of them that don't actually want disclosure. They are they are so tied up in their own ideas of, of what's going on. And, and they like to yell and scream about getting the truth. But the reality is, if you get all the truth, what else are you doing now? You've made this your entire life, just being this UFO, being interested in UFOs. If they drop everything on you, how much of it are you actually even going to believe? Because part of you knows everything you've been working for is now done. What is your goal in life now? I'd be happy if they said I would, because I haven't be- made my entire life about... Uh, then I'd find a new thing to be conspiracy theories. Right. I'd find something else. Like, people just... Oh, I, that's a, that's just me personally. Right. If they said, hey, we got aliens from Zeta Reticuli. We, they've been here for two years. Been living in our oceans. They're just climatizing. They had to do, like, the climatizing to our right. atmosphere. And now they're here. I'd be like, cool. You fuckers are assholes. And you lied to us. But cool. You're right. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to worry right. about Bigfoot now. I'm going to go find that fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, and they'll be like, oh, just, just, just hold on a minute. <laughs> well, let me tell you about oh, this. <laughs> oh. We'll tell you in five years. But yeah, I, 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 I do. Right. We're going to tell you in 2026, man. You just hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I, I, I do think there are some of them that, that don't honestly want the answers because they, that has become... Almost their personality is is being hardcore into ufology, looking for it. And if you have get what you're looking for, I, it, it kind of loses it's it's some, some of the 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 uh, center of of what you've been for. How many? Most of us aren't in this for like two years. It's shit we've been looking at for decades at this yeah. point. So I mean, I just in the last couple of years, we just started really talking about it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. To our yeah, wife's right. chagrin. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to Marty's. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk well, about last time I get, oh, Are you, you going to tape it tonight? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. We're going to Yeah, no. Uh, speaking of, of weird UFO shit, did you see recently uh, the Kecksburg case? Okay, yep, 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 uh, yep. Did you see that they've come out and explained what it is now? That's an engine off an SR-71 prototype. No, that would be great. Okay. No, what, <laughs> what they've officially come out and said now is, see, at that time, uh, the British and English and, and Americans, because this was an American base yep. in, in England. Kecksburg? Uh, Kecksburg. Yeah, I thought it was in, no, is it? Yeah. No, I thought it was in America. No. Kecksburg was in America, dude. I think we're talking about, you're probably talking about Rendlesham. Rendlesham, yeah. Yeah, Kecksburg was in, don't confuse me like that, man. Rendlesham. Is, you're talking about exactly, Rendlesham. Yeah, Rendlesham in, in uh, England. Our listeners are probably screaming at it, me. No, right, it's uh, in America. No, you're right. Kecksburg is uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, but yeah, no, the Rendlesham Forest. Uh, at the time, there was a lot of contention between us and the British military being there. And, and we do have reports of this, of SAS, which is uh, Special Forces in Britain, uh, and our Air Force guys fucking with each other. Mm-hmm. Well, it's now come out that there were SAS guys that said, oh, yeah, that whole thing was, was a scam we pulled on them. Like, um, what? <laughs> you see this, Marty? Yeah, another folks can't see. This is my bullshit meter going. Right. Like, oh, you They're like, oh, yeah, we, we had some balloons we hooked lights to to mess with them because they'd, they'd gotten in trouble. SAS ended up in some of our Air Forces. They would run kind of, uh, their, their story is they would run kind of like recon tests yeah. into our base That's to what, see if they could get in and get out. Yep. And and they would fucking, you know, go back and forth. Well, they said they were getting back at them. They had floated lights up onto these balloons, and that's all it was. But I'm like, um, d- doesn't this story also involve them touching? Said craft? The, the, the uh, lit up balloons? Uh, and, and seeing writing and shit on them. Yeah. I was just like, um... And they're like, yep, see, we, we solved it after all these years. It was just a prank by the SAS. I was like... That means it's actually... Um, I hate when they do that. That means there's more to the story than they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can't explain this shit, so we're just going to make fun of it. Right. We're, we're just going to throw this out there, and you guys just believe it. And see how much it gets traction, like, we'll just go with that. Yeah, I was just like, mm, I'm, I'm going to kind of call bullshit on that one. Uh, uh, I just don't see it likely that our... Our, our airmen were fooled by balloons in a forest with some floodlights uh, taped to the bottom of them. I just don't buy that, man. Like okay. I said, there, there's a big chunk of that story where it's like the second or third time they see it, it was landed and they were actually went up to the craft. It's like, I'm pretty sure they would notice that that was a, a fucking balloon. balloon. You know? A balloon. <coughs> you gonna die? Oh, fingers crossed. Sweet. But, yeah. I gotta find out where that lady sold your body parts. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Get a hold of me. Oh, wait, she's yeah. in jail. Yeah. Prison pen pal. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, no, I, I was just like, because I was just thinking of that. I just saw that just, like, four days ago. I was like, man, what a fucking munch of bullshit. I can't believe you guys are throwing this out here. But, nonetheless. See, but this because Putin Yar has more incidents, the more you dig into it. They've already had three. Now, this next account right. takes a place near the Caspian Sea, which is, like, oh. right next to it. Yeah. According to the account, at around 5 p.m., 20th of August, 1991, a huge unknown object was spotted over the Caspian Sea. 
and was tracked by radar operators at the tracking station at the Megaslock Peninsula, which estimates are they were around two thousand estimates that were around two thousand. This thing was two thousand feet long, and over around three hundred feet wide, and was at an altitude of twenty one thousand feet. Oh jeez. Of more concern, he was moving at an approximate speed over 6,000 miles per hour. Now, I'm going to stop here over the next article. But radar operators know what they're doing. Even if they're Russian, I don't care. Russia yep. and us have pretty much like radar technology. We're always fighting against each other. That's oh. why we have stealth aircraft. So I'm pretty sure the radar operator know what he's talking about. This oh, yeah. is true. After issuing this standard friend or foe request and receiving no reply, this tracking station notified the Cosmodrome of Kasputin Yar. They will confirm they too had the object on the radar and there's no other cra- no other aircraft from their facility was in the region. It was at this point that the military alert was sounded. Moments later, two MiG-29 fighter jets that were already airborne on a routine mission were sent toward the region in an attempt to intercept the invading object. At the same time, two further MiGs were scrambled from the ground to join them. Their orders were simply, have the unknown craft land, and if they refused, shoot it. A short time later, all four jets were over the Aral Sea and soon had radar followed by visual confirmation. They would describe the unknown aerial vehicle as being metallic, gray, and elongated. At this point, the leader of the MiG issued... Another friend or foe request for ordering it to fall behind so they could guide it to the ground. Once they received no response, the MiG flying around 2,500 feet from the object began to close in. The closer the MiG fighters got to the object, the more detail they can make out. For example, there appeared to be some writing or symbols on the exterior, colored, the exterior was colored green, but the pilots claimed that these were in an unknown language. They also noticed what appeared to be two portholes at what they assumed was the front of the object. With the object, or at least its occupants, still seeming little concerned about the MiG fighters all around it, the, fight, the flight leader radioed to ground control for further instruction. Rather than open fire at this stage, they were ordered to close in on the craft a little tighter. Once they were parallel to the vehicle, they were ordered to fire warning shots in front of it. The MiGs reduced their distance from the object from 2,500 feet to around 1,500 feet, two on each side. However, when they went to fire the warning shots, there was no response. In fact, all the electrical systems suddenly went down. Even worse, the plane's engine started to fail. Forced to head back to the base as best they could, the object soon took off into the distance. Incidentally, the plane's control and engines recovered once the object had moved away from the fighters. In the meantime, radar operators continued to follow the object's progress, knowing it appeared to be heading back to the RLC. And once more, and once more, operators calculated speed to be at a Unbelievable, 42,000 miles per hour. Jesus. They warned other military and civilian aircrafts in the approximate flight path of the object of its presence. Now, worrying that a collision with another aircraft was a distinct possibility, they watched the object for around 45 minutes. Then, without warning, it simply vanished from the radar screen. It wasn't, however, the end of the incident. Let's just break this first down before we go into the rest of the story. Uh-oh. This has a lot of telltale signs of the Phoenix Lights to me. It's a massive aircraft right. that you see, and it's like it's able to hover. Does it when it's moving there? It's not, when the jets come up to it, they're not going six thousand miles an hour. That yeah. means the craft saw these four mig jigs, more four jets coming at it, and stopped. Right. And if you and then you're like, oh yeah, let's look at these. And you have people like, look at this primitive aircraft. Well, yeah. Then all of a sudden it. 
now all of a sudden it goes to 42,000 miles an hour. With that, you would have one thing, a sonic boom. But if there's sure. a, but that kind of what happened to the, with like the Phoenix Lights, all of a sudden they watched it go a distance and like that it just faded. Yeah. If something moves that fast, it's going to be gone. That's a, uh, damn. No, I can, I, yeah, I can see that. Ugh. No, I do this fast, man. That is fucking 42,000 miles. It's yeah. like Mach 2. Yeah. Like instant, just whoop, gone. We're taking off. Holy balls! Jesus, it. yeah, that's crazy as shit. I, I would like to make fun of uh, uh, Russian mechanical failures on planes, <laughs> but the MiG 29s are actually a pretty solid jet. They've had them for years, and yeah, st- even today fucking, they use them. Oh yeah, they're impressive as shit. I, I like their workhorse. Oh, I love that plane, man. It's such a pretty plane. I just love those things. But yeah, yeah they're actually you're a Russian synthesizer, aren't you? I am, man. If they're gonna bring me a MiG twenty nine Fulcrum, then yeah, man, fucking heave ho, mother Russian. It's like man, it's like why would you fix something for a fighter jet? Why fix something if it's not broken? It, yeah, I mean, and and it keeps up with even current jets that oh, yeah. they're producing. Yeah, like I said, over. I, I I believe that some of the early ones, it's like like first year of, of a car coming out. There's lots of problems, but they fix it. Yep. Or they just replace it entirely. Yeah, no, the MiG-29s have been flying since, what, 80? Probably, maybe. Yeah. Even, I mean, they've been running MiGs they've been flying the them since They've been flying them since the first Top Gun movie came out. Right. I mean, they're, they're, no, the MiG-29's are a really impressive fucking jet, man. But they don't have Firefox. Yeah, we don't have Firefox. That's, that's a pretty MiG-29. deep cut for people that ever watch Jerry Nautic movies, Firefox. <laughs> They don't have Clint Eastwood and Firefox. Right. But yeah, no, it is, it's a pretty impressive, stable plane uh, to have all of them all of a sudden just like, oh, engines are going out. <laughs> it's just pretty unlikely you're going to have four jets. Well, I, well, I wish, God damn it, I know this, all these UFO reports that we're talking about out of Russia came down after the fall of Russia. Yes. All these incidents, either, like after the wall came down. Yeah, yeah one, once we started getting some of that information, there are different uh, KGB files and just different stuff that wasn't super classified anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. See, uh, but one thing that bothers me is they talk about, whenever they talk about writing on something or some type of language, I always want to see that. Oh, yeah, no. Because, I like, with the, with the Ketzberg, I mean, Rendlesham <laughs> incident. Well, either one. Both of them had yeah. weird writing on their. their but I want, like, them two have, but I would like to see what the writing was on the side of this craft to compare it to other ones. Right. Because maybe, maybe I'm wrong and aliens are here, but we just, they just come really fast. I don't know where the hell they're staying at, what Motel 6. Right, right. But I like to see the language that was on the side of that UFO. Well, I mean, we, we talked about language even last uh, show. About how quickly language can die out. Yeah. Um, it, like, I think both of us have, have entertained the idea that the aliens we're dealing with are actually not from outer space aliens. No. But possibly a future or a side uh, uh, timeline. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to see the language they have. Because, like, a lot of them, it, it is actually similar to... A lot of times they, they equate what people have seen to, like... Uh, Egyptian, Egyptian, hieroglyphs, cuneiform, uh, hieroglyphs, yeah, like ancient Sumerian. Who knows if it's a place <laughs> that, that did not die out like it did here and became the predominant language. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's it's hard to say. Like like even 
that over how many years will it have changed? Even the English language, if you look 200 years ago, is very different than what it is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of the same words, but connotations, spelling, some of these words have been shortened to words we know now. But just the, the whole language, some of the stuff now, they would probably not comprehend what they're seeing. You know what I mean? With some like of those WTF. Words. They're like, yeah, what, like, what, you, what, 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 what is this? There's where's WTF man? Yeah, man. Or OTP? Yeah, yeah. OPP man. <laughs> but yeah, I know it is. I'm about ready to go start Little little naughty by nature tretch throwing at you here in the early evening. Uh, but yeah, I know it, it, it's it'd be really interesting. I would love to see if they had, and I'm sure somewhere it's around where they actually made them be like, okay, what did you see on here? Well, you know the out? KGB did, like, the ones I told them. They're like, you need to write down everything. But yeah, it's, it's, who knows where it's gone at this point. Because even at that time, it really wasn't, some stuff was kept on computer at 91, but there's still a lot of paper files in 91. Uh, did you see they're trying to go back to floppy disk now? Because they're oh, secure really? as hell. Oh, they are. It, well, like like a lot of our, our big military stuff, they're actually still using, like, old, old computers because they're not really accessible. They're like not hackable. Ones are. Yeah. You, you can't just uh, remotely hack into this old, you know, OS Mac. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really not... But it's far more secure. Yeah, it's outdated as shit. But for what they're doing... It works just fine. I just sidetracked you from what you're trying to say. You were, and I don't even remember where I was going. Near do I. What? Yeah. But, but no, the, the 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 message they have, any of that, any of that stuff that's on paper, who knows where that's locked up, or even if it's been lost. I mean, oh, I'm pretty sure somebody is not going to lose something like that. Yeah, it's hard to say. There was a lot of upheaval, man, up through the mid '90s in Russia, where things were getting. Toss around even internally, yeah. The fights between KGB and the new government that was coming up. There's a lot of those old KGB guys, man. They wanted it still like it was in the old days, and and there was a lot of them fighting that. And I could see somebody pettily just being like, "No, I'm keeping this shit. Fuck them. They don't know it's here. I'm just gonna take it." I've seen that in workplaces I've been in. They're like, "Fuck them. They don't deserve that," and just erase a bunch of shit because I'm leaving. Fuck them. They can figure it out. And. Uh- I noticed, I noticed too, like with a lot of these more like the higher profiles, I'm talking all over the U.S., all over the world. Oh, yeah. More of these higher UFO cases, they're always described as cylinder shaped, cigar shaped. But what I find really interesting is there's always some type, they, what they reference as portal, portholes, yes. windows. I don't understand that. You, I, why, would you, why would you need windows? That'd be like a weak point of the structure, you would think. Yeah, um, and unless it's, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it depends really kind of, I think, uh, where they're coming from. Because, like, even when you look at, at our sci-fi, we have external windows on our ships in sci-fi. Simple because of our human nature of how we've grown up. We want to be able to physically see what is out there. Not just what's on a screen. Uh, it's something like that. Even even genetically, where they're just but like, that's, we need that, to that's see why that. I'm saying that, I, that's I what know. I'm but implying. But it is it is a, a structural weak point. Yeah, uh, you would think because that's what I'm implying. Is like the only reason they have portals is because we humans need to see that, right? But if these are aliens, 
they probably go, oh, we're just, we don't need that shit. We'll just go for instrumentation. Right. It's, so that leads me to believe that they can be future humans because right. it's just in our human nature so ingrained in us. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, we, we're we angry we don't have portholes in submarines. I mean, that's part of why people kind of go nuts in them. It's super tight. You can't see out. You're just inside this can all the time. Humans like to have views. Even if you don't want to go out there, you like to have a view, physically view what is around you. It's just part so you of don't get anxious. Do. Yeah, I mean it's it's part of why solitary confinement works as well as it does for for making people nuts is they don't want to see shit. No, you're just you just got to think about your own little thoughts. Right, right. That expand in your own fantasy world. <laughs> Not speaking from experience, right? But here, just saying. Well, this this incident didn't happen over here. This, this, there's more to this incident. Over the following weeks, there was much discussion in military briefings regarding the incident, as well as a preliminary investigation. It would soon come to light that, according to local rumors on the day of the incident, several members of the local population witnessed a huge object crash into the Saitamazar mountain range. By the end of September, an expedition team was formed with a view, with a view of locating the downed craft. This unit was made of the combination of UFO researchers from the UFO organization S-A-K-U-F-O-N, S-A-K-K-U-F-O-N, led by Antonin Bogatov. Several locals who knew the area well and several experienced mountain climbers. The, the environment of the Tenshin Mountains they were about to enter could, could be far from forgiving. The search was two weeks old, but no sign of the crash site or wreckage was found. However, rumors reached the team through local messengers that several residents had indeed found the site. Of concern was that they appeared to be suffering burns shortly after venturing there, and bizarrely, their watches all seemed to cease working. The group eventually headed to Sardagza River Valley, determined to, to visit the location of the apparent crash. However, after further two weeks in the harsh, snowy environment, and with several members of the search team suffering from frostbite, they made the decision to head back to their base camp. Ultimately, the search mission was unsuccessful. The rumors and local gossip of crashed UFOs through continued, and so did the talks of the events among high-ranking Russian officials. Hmm. Christ almighty, oh, Jesus. Shit. No, but that's a very common thing, too, with the UFO the whole zeitgeist of it. The time stops, mysterious yeah. burns, usually it's in... Afflicted to be like support. <coughs> I can't think of the word I want to use. Um, it's inferred that it comes from radiation. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's the first guess. When I hear that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, radiation. But I'm thinking too. I'm putting my thoughts on UFOs on this, folks. You mm-hmm. guys, you believe whatever you want. Right. Well, you think they would have something better than nuclear power because that's what it's inferring right but, that, but from a human aspect that's top tier power source right there it's nuclear fission it's not coal fission but nuclear fission that's the top that's the most powerful or consistent energy source we have right uh, and, and there again too maybe it is actually more of like a supplementary system that's running on a small nuclear um, and, and maybe the full is something more a fission, uh, perhaps, uh, like like a cold fusion, if they've figured that out. Um, and yeah, maybe it's just small nuclear for some of the other supplementary systems or something that isn't supposed to be exposed at any point. But yeah. if it crashes, 
you got problems. Yeah, it, yeah it's, fuck uh, you. You're gonna, have, you're gonna have three headed goats running around. Yeah, right, but there again, it, it doesn't seem like it's enough radiation to be the full power source. You know what I mean? Because you, you pick that up. You'd think you would pick that up really easily if it was a, a massive core that mm-hmm. has breached because it's crashed. You think you'd be able to to spot that giant spike in radiation sitting in the mountain and go? No, maybe we should go look and see what that is. Worst case scenario, the uranium mine just spontaneously opened up, and <laughs> we've got more uranium. Yay! <laughs> Hooray for us! Now, despite the fact that the first team had failed to locate the crash site, even after a month of searching. Russian authorities were looking to launch a second attempt. When the Russian Air Force claimed to have located the wreckage in November 1991, it appeared their fortunes had turned. However, as a unit attempt to hoist a piece of the wreckage, it caused a helicopter to crash. All those on board were killed. Sukhafan was informed of the... That's a fucked up name. <laughs> Sukhafan was informed of the incident, as well as the fact that a new search had, was to be arranged by late spring or early summer in 1992. This time, though, the unit would be much larger and under over, under the overall leader, under overall leader of a retired Russian major, General Sekov. What's more, rather than just set out, oh Christ, folks, I apologize for my reading tonight. What's more, rather than just set out for the crash site, all those involved had to undergo training and pass multiple examinations and tests. Ultimately, when the second mission set out in June of '92. They did so as three units, each covering a different area around the location of the discovery of the helicopter crew of the previous November. Within several weeks after combing much of the area, they discovered what appeared to be the site where the UFO had come down. The huge object had broken into two and sat on the plateau in the grave of the Devil region. Oh, just a wonderful fucking Mm. name. Many of the crew would recall how there appeared to be an energy of sorts coming from the object, and the energy was almost palpable even at a distance of around 5,000 feet. Wow. That's a long fucking... That's a, watch out. How long is a mile? That, that's a lot of math for me. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> As they moved closer to the down, otherworldly vehicle, however, the feelings of jubilation began to turn to sudden and unexplainable feelings of anxiousness and fear. And the closer they got, the stronger these feelings became. As they got closer, still various electronic devices and equipment began to malfunction. At the same time, there was an electrical feel in the air, which now appeared very humid. Even stranger, when they checked their compass, all needles were pointing directly at the monstrous craft. Due to many of its devices, due to many of their devices malfunctioning, most of the planned tests had to be abandoned, despite not being able to get any closer than 2,500 feet to the crippled craft. They could take it; could take in plenty of details visually. As the unit looked around the scene around them. They are able to work out a likely scenario of what happened to this futuristic vehicle. Above where they stood was a large overhang cliff. It appeared to those present that the object had crashed into this overhang, which had caused it to break in two and come crashing to the ground, skidding around 5,000 feet before stopping. It was also clear that an explosion likely to have happened as a result of the impact with the overhang was the cause of the craft breaking into two. As a result in gapping holes on each side of the object allowed the search units to see inside. Although they could see no sign of the crew, they could see strange beams and flooring of the craft. There was also considerable damage to the front of the vehicle where it seemingly hit the ground. The symbols reported by the MiG pilots on the day the object appeared were also clearly visible. Copies were quickly drawn, and all those who studied them attested they had not seen anything like it and so could be matched to no known language. 
Incidentally, the search unit managed to capture multiple photographs of the downed craft. However, it would appear that the energy field ruins the film as all came severely darkened and blurred. This is, was much of the same for the attempts to video the find, with video cameras not working at all. The unit also discovered the remains of a wrecked helicopter, now theorizing that the strong electromagnetic fields could very well have caused the helicopter's equipment to malfunction and ultimately sent it crashing into the harsh train below. They did find it a little perplexing and perhaps unnerving that there's no sign of any bodies. Nikola Sobutin and Emil Burks asked, might it be the military secretly recovered the bodies? If so, why? Yeah, I, I believe they probably could. And or go, the, no, go or, check it or out. Or the bodies escaped. Or the aliens. Oh, yeah. Because it's a huge crowd. Well, I mean, you're, you're looking at how big of a time frame here, too. You're going from November yeah. down into June. Six months. And and we're not exactly... They, they weren't exactly setting up watch around this yeah. thing. They're like, oh, it's shitty, it's cold, let's get the fuck out of here, we'll regroup. Who's to say something didn't come down and it rescue their own? I mean... Or they went to Vegas because there has been alien reported in Las Vegas casinos. You ever heard that story? I don't know. If no, this, uh, this is not <laughs> off ta- This is are, not are a we, tangent. Are, are we talking about the movie Paul? No, not Paul. <laughs> this is actually, there's a story, you can check it on the interwebs, it's, it's, sorry, it's almost like a urban legend there's just people that go to Las Vegas and they see these like six foot six six seven foot tall really statuesque people and they listen to them and they actually walk through them or they nudge them and they kind of the shimmering effect of what they're looking like changes oh to something else that's not even human right. they look at down at the people and all of a sudden their back looking like tall skinny model like so humans. They, they've messed up their image inducer yeah uh, uh, no, that's I have not heard that story. I'll have I'm to find have it to fucking look that up. That's yeah, fucking wild. But that's been about a bunch of other podcasts. I mean, the story always comes up about the hmm. Vegas incident. Interesting. So maybe they went from Russia and said, "Fuck, it's cold here. Other right. guys vodka. Let's go to the Cosmo <laughs> and have <No>. a Cosmo." <laughs> no, we we like vodka. We don't like the fucking cold, man. We don't wear clothes. Everybody knows that, right? Yeah, we're naked, man. Let's just go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I was going to say, when, when they start getting close to it and they start having that uh, panic and that, I was like, man, that is that is classic EMF massive field. EM field. Yep. That, that, that is exactly, that is textbook what happens when you are exposed to a massive electromagnetic field. Or something with really bad wiring. Yes. Like in these older houses that they say they're haunted, a lot of times you'll notice in the basement, you say, oh, I feel so bad in the basement. Yeah. But... If you take an EMF EM detector down there, you'd notice a huge amount of coming oh, yeah. about. Just a spike. Yeah. For and then after a while, it, it fills a pretty good area. Yeah. And and that's what it does to your brain. It messes with, with the fields in your brain, and you start getting paranoid. You start seeing shadows move. Uh, you feel like you're being watched. Um, and those are all actually natural phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. Um. Not every place that is the case, as far as spirits or whatever. But there are a lot of them, especially in older houses that have electricity running to them. You will find that there is shitty wiring boxes. Uh, you know, shit that maybe isn't up to code anymore and has just gotten old. And it's just simply leaking some of that electric field. Yep. And it does mess with you. Because our brains really do 
rely on their own electric uh, field, and that thing basically just kind of disrupts it. And so your brain interprets it as, well, the paranoia. There, there's, I'm not alone. Um, yeah, as soon as it, that you get to the head, it's like, oh man, it's a sounds like a massive. And then with all their shit going haywire too, also very textbook. There's some kind of energy field there that is fucking with their stuff. Yep. It is now what that is 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 really up for debate. Yeah. Well, maybe on the next mission they'll figure it out because there's a third mission of this fucker. Oh. Although a third mission to the site was in the plannings almost immediately after the discovery of the crash site, crashed craft. It would not go ahead till six years later in August of 1998, Jesus. and even then it was severely it was a severely depleted effort. Not at least as they failed to secure the services and funding of the German Sokov who had led the successful second mission as the Russian economy was in a severe downturn. He declined to become involved with a third attempt so he could concentrate on his already struggling business. Okay. They would find the site... Yeah. They would find the site once more. However, all the remains were the... Okay. All the remains were the markers they had themselves left to mark the points of the craft. The wreckage itself was nowhere to be found. They suspected that the military had discreetly returned following the discovery of the craft and retrieved it, retrieved it successfully, perhaps the fact that the ground had seemingly been planed so as to take away any evidence. Oh, shit. And that the impact had happened back, that, that an impact had happened backed up the suspicion. They, so they basically, they came in just, and they leveled it. Yeah, they, they, they went in and basically strip mined the entire fucking chunk. They're like, well, this plateau is just going to be five feet uh, shorter. Yeah, <laughs> and say, yeah, you, you'd think that, that the uh, government would, would be more than happy to help back them to go find this. But why would you do that if you already know what's there? Because you've already See, done it. See, what I'm thinking is, you too, know, they may have found it the second time. Again, they talk about the writing. I want to see. Well, this. yeah, they they say that they they wrote it down, and yeah, they drew it. But but it's like, where are the fucking pictures of this? I shit? want to see the pictures because if it's like because so, that that's a private organization that went in and did this. Yeah, it, it's not unless like it was, they had like some backers in there that were part of KGB and right. like, hey, my rich uncle yeah. has a lots of money and he he dotes on me. Here, let's go do this. Yeah. Then they're like, hey, you give us everything, and we'll just kill your family. Right, and and there there is some of that, especially. It, it, certainly even in that area. Like, like I said, even after the fall of the wall and, and basically Soviet Russia breaking back down into countries instead of one Soviet uh, republic, there was still a lot of fear that was used and intimidation by, like I said, there were different groups that were fighting for control of what was left of Russia. Yep. And, and one of them was heavily backed by KGB and military. And and they had a lot of uh, scary tactics that they could use that <laughs> practiced for many years. And they were very good at it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just what they did. And even then, at that time, e- even if they didn't have the, the whatever to back it up, those those threats were still such a recent memory for a lot of those people but you just didn't question it. No. Like, I, I actually know a guy, his family escaped Poland back in the late 80s before everything fell. And, yeah, no, to that day, this guy, he hates Russia. We, we would make fun of him calling him a Russian. The only time I ever saw him severely pissed. Jesus. And he was like, do not ever fucking call me Russian. 
And I was just like, whoa. He's like, yeah, you don't understand. And he wouldn't go into a lot of detail, but it's like, you didn't understand what it was like living under that rule in Poland, because that was part well, it's, of the USSR. It's just so drastic. You think about how yeah. bad that was during the 80s. Yeah. They look at America in the 80s, and it's like Coke everywhere. You get Coke everywhere. Oh, yeah, man. It was, DeLoreans it was a, everywhere, a and Miami Vice. It was wonderful. It was a shiny time, man. But, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was some of that shit, that was still really recent for a lot of those people that were like, yeah, okay, well, they threatened us. We just didn't find anything. There you go. Yeah. You know, you just did it. Because before they would back their threats up. You don't know if they're still going to or not, you know. No, uh, That's terrifying. It but, is terrifying. So we're going to talk about some another crash site. We're going to talk about <laughs> happier things. Yeah, aliens dying, thank yeah, God. Aliens dead, good. You have the you, Next one we're talking about is a UFO crash site near Nazanami Shinjem. Damn. Yeah, that's a big fucking word. According to an account written by B.J. Booth, which was relayed to him by researchers. <laughs> Shut up, Marty. <laughs> Replayed, relayed to him by researcher Antov Anilov, Lenora Azazov, and Alexander Moslo, a UFO crash on 10 August 1989. At 11 a.m. around the morning in question, an anonymous object was spotted by Soviet, Soviet military radar operators near the city of Proklanin. With all attempts to communicate with it receiving no response. Several MiG fighters, again, were scrambled into the air to intercept the object, while surface-to-air missiles were put on the standby. What's more, with the vehicle heading north, one of these missiles was launched and seemingly hit the object, causing it to crash somewhere in the Caucasus Mountains. An M-18 helicopter, which is really fucking scary. I think they're scary. Helicopter immediately carried a retrieval team to the location where the craft was shot down. They would soon locate the remains of what appeared to be a disc-shaped craft just outside of Nazini Shejem. They landed nearby and quickly secured the area, putting in affluence to all but those with military clearance to be there. They would estimate the object was around 20 feet wide, around 10 feet high, and had seemingly dragged along the ground from a considerable distance before coming to a stop near some large rocks. As the team studied the object, they could clearly see the damage inflicted by the missile strike. After an initial assessment of the team, the team, a team dressed in protective equipment, moved toward the craft to, to investigate further. As they did, the highly, extremely high levels of radiation were detected, with some of the unit had undoubtedly been exposed to. The object was successfully transported from the crash site to Mosdok Air Base, where a team was assembled to study the apparent otherworldly craft in more detail. Wearing full protective clothing, the research team entered the craft through the door that was partially open, likely from the missile strike. Once inside, they would make some remarkable discoveries. Not only did they find two dead alien enti- entities seemingly killed by the fa- falling equipment during the crash, but discovered a third wounded alien. They would attempt to keep the alien alive, but ultimately it died a short time later. These, the aliens themselves were described as being around three feet tall, whitish gray skin, although it appeared the skin was actually an outer cover, such as some futuristic clothing. When they examined underneath the outer cover, they discovered their skin was actually a blue-green color that appeared to have a reptilian texture to it. They would further describe the creatures having extremely large black round eyes and a particularly large hairless head, as well as three web figures. These these details should alert us to many other descriptions of the apparent aliens in other cases around the world. 
perhaps of particular interest given the description match those of their typical gray aliens is the detail of the reptile, a reptile-like skin underneath the outer layer. This is something mentioned more often than we might think. Interesting. What I found inter- did you, what I found interesting is the web fingers. Right. I want to say these might be some fuckers, the, the aliens from Lake Bacall. Right. Like, hey, we're just trying to get home. You fucker shot us. Yeah. Now, yet webbed usually implies... Aquatic. Aquatic. Yep. Um, like even some of our uh, recessive traits we have is webbed toes and webbed fingers that mm. pops up. It, much more frequent than you actually think. Um, interesting. Yeah, because I was going to say, even, even the, the color and reptilian skin matches the 1948 crash. Because that's how they were described, too. Mm-hmm. Blue-green, uh, reptilian skin, big eyes. Interesting. I'm going to say a few... I'm going to, we're going to talk about another one here, but... There's, I'm going to say a word, and I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Maybe you can figure it out when I say the word. I'm being serious. I, this right. name looks really familiar, but I can't picture my green matter where it's from. This is... Okay, da 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 According to an account in the book Alien Liaison by Timothy Good, another crash UFO incident occurred. Oh, that's why it is. Occurred several months earlier in the spring of 1989, just outside Vladivostok. The case was investigated by Valerie Desinkle and further documented by Anton Avalov. The report states that on the day in question, Soviet Navy personnel witnessed a glowing object enter the waters off the coast of Daniel Vostok region. It wasn't certain whether it was a planned dive or whether the object had crashed in the sea, but a retrieval mission was put into action. What's more, the unit was almost immediately successful in the mission, quickly locating an egg-shaped object approximately 20 feet long, resting on the seabed. They would bring the object to the surface and back to shore. The strange device was described as being dull, matte gray color, with a gradual dome on the top. It also have appeared to have six oval portholes around the lower part of the object. Although they were not transparent, there appeared to be slight damage to the underside of the craft with a crack being clearly visible. A team was then put together to examine the object and, if possible, gain entry into it, without, but without success. The object was eventually secretly transported to Moscow by train to the Central Material Research Institute, where further, more intense study of it would get underway. Once more, though, the team assembled struggled to break into the device despite using a range of methods and cutting devices. They did, though, have more, more success with a large crack on the underside of the object, managed to expand it slightly using laser technology. They would find the outer exterior itself appeared to, made, to be made of four separate layers. Although it would take almost three weeks, they eventually succeeded in creating a gap that would allow scientists to enter the craft. Wearing specifically designed protective gear, a small team ju- did just that. They would find that the vehicle was separated into three separate levels, the engine on the bottom level, the main control room on the second level, and the top level acting as some kind of docking room. The main power reactor in the engine room appeared to have exploded and was the possible cause of the crash. In the control room, there was multiple screens, panels, and many different colored buttons. Several alien bodies were also discovered in the control room. Two of the deceased crew members remained in their chairs, while another lay on the floor. There was approxi- they were approximately four foot tall, with large, hairless heads, upon which sat a helmet. 
and large round eyes that appeared to be covered with a large black lens. Their skin was gray-brown color. They each had six fingers on each hand. Each was also dressed in a tight-fitting metallic silver suit with belts around their waist and silver-green boots. Ultimately, the alien bodies were transported to a secret underground facility just outside Solonek-Gorsky, so secret with dislocation that only four officers knew of it. The object itself was taken to a mountain base on the Noma Zelma Island beyond the polar circle. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not Vostok. Vladivostok. Yeah. Not, know where that's from? I've seen it in lots of stuff. So I... No, it's actually it's a lake in Antarctica. Oh. Lake Vostok. Yeah. That's why that name, like, I know that name. Right. So maybe, you know who found Vostok? The Russians. Maybe. All these aliens that are, aren't dead, they kind of instead of oh he died, but it's like Paul that we actually right, keep around. Right. Like yeah, our our base is actually in Antarctica. You fuckers don't go there, so here's where it is, and we'll tell you how to get to it. Right. That's why we can't go down there because the aliens are actually down in Lake Vostok Just in Antarctica, out, chilling. Yeah. Just ignoring everyone else. Why not? <coughs> like we always like our, one of our first episodes about. Antarctica. They've always oh, yeah. had so much. They've actually had UFO reports in Antarctica. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, That'd it's... be really trippy just think if you're up there. Oh, beautiful cold night. What the fuck? What the fuck? Am I going to get broke tonight? What is that? You can't even get away from this here. <laughs> no, that's uh, uh, that's pretty wild, man. We're gonna have already going for a while here, so we got we're gonna to have, to have part three now with more UFO reports. Right. Uh, but what do you think about these last the three we've talked about? It, I find it interesting, and quite a few of them are probably the same thing. Now, I I do believe there are different variations that are coming here. Um, like I said, you, you have your 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 main uh, entities that people have run into. Which is like the, the typical greys, which is the most common. Certainly here in the U.S. is the most common. Uh, the reptilian, which I actually think, I I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn because most of the time when you have the actual reptilians, they're actually listed as being taller than, than your greys. They're actually more like a five, six foot. Uh, but the yeah, reptilians are like seven to eight feet tall. They're like yeah, big, yeah, they're big monsters. Big fucking things. Uh, claws. Like the sea stacks from Land of yeah, Lost. Yeah, but... But more intelligent. Creepier. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, you do have the insectoids, uh, but primarily your, your, your greys, reptilians are your biggest ones. Um, I, I don't dispute, simply for the fact of how many of the, the greys we have, uh, stories where they actually have reptilian skin themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't doubt that these are all coming from around the same place. Or... It's like I said, I, I am now at the point where I pretty much believe they are from parallel streams of our own planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're aware of each other and probably do not like each other from what or, I've, or I've seen. Or like this. Or one could be like the big tall reptilians, like the big, they, the little short fuckers could be like a worker class. So like a worker uh, Right. I kind of go with that because it kind of makes sense because or we even do that even, with our own human nature. Even like a science class. You, you may be having a class uh, uh, fight between these. Because, I mean, you, you look at the reptilians, always tend to be aggressive altercations with people. They are bigger. Uh, they are aggressive. 
it could possibly be they are more of a military excursion. Um, coming over as opposed to... Because, like, a lot of times with the Greys, you'll also have, like, a taller one that is with them, who seems to be the head scientist uh, when they're doing stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it could be like, hey, these are my lab techs. They're smart, but not as smart as me. Uh, I'm going to perform this. <laughs> I'm bigger than them. Yeah, I mean, and, and it could be they are really all from the same kind of offshoot society. But like I said, you could have, well, even say like when you go to Planet of the Apes in, in that, that line, you have some of them evolved into a warrior cast. You have the gorillas and that became the guards, the, the, the police, the army. And, you know, orangutans became, like, the, the politicians. Uh, the ships became more scientists. And it could be something like that where even amongst their own society they're having their own skirmishes. Because it always it always seems like there's there's a, a dispute between reptilians and, like, the greys. There seems to be a butting of heads. See, but I find it isn't it kind of interesting that all the greys, like, the real pervy ones that want to anally probe you. Well... Yeah, it's just, just like are they trying to say scientists are perverts? Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's kind of a given. I like well, science, I and I like butt stuff. So let's go, let's head over to this place yeah, and see still, what we can do. Yeah, two for one, two for one. <laughs> let's see what kind of shit we can stir up. Oh, I see what you did there, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I I don't know. But um, I think the one that crashed in the ocean, the last one we talked about, they had a special person because he had a helmet on. Yeah, right, right. We go, okay, Doug, you can fly this time. No, okay, no. just 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 take it easy, Doug. <laughs> I make fly. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, with, with a smaller craft like that, there, there is apparently no sleeping quarters. So to me, that tells me it's a, a short vessel. It, it's like yeah. a, a fighter jet. It's not a, a luxury liner designed to be going long distance. It is, hey, we're going to excursion in here. Come back. It's, you're going to be taking a day trip, man. You don't need a place to sleep. you got the crew here. Oh, it was Gilligan. Three-hour tour. It is Gilligan. It's the fucking minnow, man. At any time we hear about alien crashes, there's always going to be a Gilligan with there it. Is, there That's it. Is. That's it's it. Just, Gilligan. It has to be. It's a Gilligan. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. just a little guy. But yeah, no, I mean, things like that tells me it, it's not... It, it, it puts doubt in my head that it is an interstellar craft. Um, unless it is an offshoot of a much larger craft where they're actually staying, I guess that could be. But but to me, it, it, that's a short jump vessel. Like, like I said, even looking at, at Star Wars, uh, Star the Starfighters, the, the fucking tie, tie, uh, TIE Fighters, they are short range vessels. They are not designed to be going long fucking distances. Which is why, like, in the prequels, the, the starfighters have to hook into a fucking jump ring, basically, to get anywhere yep. farther than just this uh, this uh, solar system. Because they, they don't have the ability to go that far. To me, it just it just leads more credence to that it is not something that is interstellar. Um, I'd have to, I'd to totally me. agree with you that. Uh, Unless all of a sudden all these... Like, I just I wanna, may have to do this on my spare time when we have spare time. <laughs> I'm going to put how many crashed UFOs we are. Then we're going to say, let's say they do have jump rings. Just think them jump rings are just that's part of our space. <laughs> right. Well, maybe that's where what the black... Maybe the, I, oh, oh, I was going to say, what about the black knight? Black knight is actually somebody's jump, jump ring. Right. Somebody crashed. We just got to find that UFO. <laughs> they just, it's just been it. hanging out up there like, well, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't know, man. I haven't heard Every once in a while it moves to try and find yep. a crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it shoots out. Oh, well, I think I that's heard actually, something over here. That's actually a... 
pretty good theory. It, right? It, it's, if it's a jump ring, that'd be perfect. Black Knight's right? been up there since we've been going up there. Oh, yeah. No, it's just, even like, it's just a jump portal. It, yeah. That has been, the people who used it are no longer alive. It's looking for its Gilligan. Yeah, it's just uh, sending out that lonely whale cry to It's like that Futurama episode. <laughs> Remember that Futurama episode where they, the ship would go to a planet and it go doo, doo, oh doo. yeah yeah and yeah. if the planet didn't respond it'd blow up the planet yeah, it just, it all just it does it was an alien looking for his car keys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck yeah I know that oh man that's terrifying it is it really kind of is awful and since you've been watching The Outer Limits have you come across <laughs> that episode where aliens come to the planet and they're like broadcasting and they blow up the ship yet I know you've seen the episode I have have you got to that one again Oh, where 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 they they destroy it? And afterwards, they're like, "Oh, we didn't look at this. They were talking from underwater." Yeah. <laughs> There's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, yeah, I did get through that. Yeah. Actually, went through. Got to two of my very most favorite episodes of that series. Actually, just the last week here. But yeah, no. I, again, on, on on an off tangent, anybody who loves sci-fi and hasn't watched the '90s Outer Limits series, Do it, it is for free all over the place. Uh, if you have Roku, it's on there. I believe it's on Tubi for free. You can watch the entire series. Fantastic little anthology sci-fi series. Well, the it's '90s Twilight Zone was really good too. All the Twilight Zones have been really. Because my favorite one is with the watch and that one lady that's always annoyed by the way she oh, yeah. has the power to stop it. Yep. And then the very last scene. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, but I'm just yeah, spoiling. You've had you know a few decades. Yeah, you, you know time to see this, but uh, that's the most. It's the most dramatic scene to me is because she says stop or whatever, she, and she stops the clock. She walks outside, she sees the whole town is just walking around, and they're looking up, and you see all these nuclear missiles. It's just stop the war. Yeah. And I'm thinking and that's how they leave it. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Now, there was, there was a lot of that, that uh, late 80s, early 90s Twilight Zone. I didn't watch as a kid. I really didn't get into it, and I watched it later. There's a lot of really good fucking episodes on that show. Man. Oh, yeah. Really good. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, Super, super great. As you, like Outer Limits is always known. Even the original fifties and sixties series was known for like weird little twists and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, they had some really great episodes, man. It's a really good time waster of sci-fi to throw on. But yeah, no, it's uh, the, the whole alien thing. It just oh, it gets worse. Next week we're gonna hit more cases. There's like a whole bunch of really good cases coming out of Russia. Really? I hardly hear. I've hardly heard about talked about in other podcasts. So. Right, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of their stuff, e- even as long ago as it's been, uh, since a lot of their stuff has started coming out. We are still getting files that are leaking out of old, old military and KGB stuff that we have never heard of over here. Hell, most of the people in Russia probably never heard of either because they didn't really tell anybody what was going on. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of interesting stuff where it's just like, I have never heard this story before. Most of the stuff in the U.S. I've heard, mm-hmm. or I've at least come across enough where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know this story. And then it, it is kind of made me jaded uh, to a bit when I'm trying to look at specials of like, oh, oh, special on UFOs or ghosts. It's like, oh, my God, I hate I have that. seen like, all of these things. Like, I know all about these. My heart. You know? It's just, I've done it for so long. That's why, like, whenever you see writing on something, I'm going to go back to this, I'm going to harp on this. Right. If you see a UFO craft and you see writing on it, send it to me. I will take any type of writing because I like comparing stuff. I like finding puzzle pieces. Yeah. 
So if any of our listeners have had a UFO report, I know there's one guy on here that listens to us, and I will be getting a hold of you this yeah. week, <laughs> and we're going to set up an interview. Right. But if anybody else is out there seeing UFOs, please send us in. You oh, want to yeah. email us or just get a hold of us on. Yeah. I'm easily we're easily gainable usually on Twitter or Instagram. Right. Send us a message there. If you don't want to talk about it on there, message me personally on Instagram, and I will answer you. Yeah, what, what I'll answer anybody. It's like talk about weird shit. No, hell yeah, man! It's especially all, if you want to take Marty and Ben him over and no, yeah, wear a leprechaun outfit, like, whatever, shit, dude. Man, I don't care. Weird shit. Is we don't take shame here. We don't. We don't. Except for you, foot weirdos, man. Yeah, no. Guys are weird, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't got. Uh, the, I don't got the feet to make foot porn. Yeah, yeah. I think sadly I might. They're hairy and creepy, like hobbits' feet. Oh, you probably find a good. There's probably something. Dude, get on OnlyFans, make a foot. Right, porn. right, right. We need money. What am I for, wasting we need money, money for on this fucking, uh, fucking uh, nine to five bullshit, man? That's a sucker's game. Well, just give me my video. The Where's folks, a pie to smash my foot into and make? There's $100. people that make tons of shitloads oh, yeah. of money after that crap. Yeah, I'm like, like, like the, the, the bitches that just like sit on balloons. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Sit on, Remember, so, we hate. So hey, you gotta no, be naked. No, no, nope. no kink shaming here. It's like, oh, you don't even have to be naked. No, I, I just, just sit on a balloon and bounce up and down. And they pay me to. to Make special videos of these balloons to sit on. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Uh, like zombies on them or something? Yeah, right. Like, what is going on, man? I, what a, what a great way to make money, man. That is fantastic. Thank God for the internet. <laughs> right. God, God bless you fucked up internet. <laughs> All right, folks. I have nothing else for these wonderful listeners. Yeah, what right, about you, Marty? Right, right now, no. no. Um, Next week, we'll have more. going to be degree. more. Don't, don't worry. Uh, yeah, no, there, there's other little shit even in Siberia and Russia we haven't even fucking gone into at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We have kind of just been sidetracked even on just UFO crashes at this point in that area. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out that isn't super widely known like because it's just so new to us. I yeah, mean, it's just I'm coming weird. out to the rest of the world again through the internet. But our listeners are going to have to listen to us talk about it because we're going to we're going for part bastards. three and probably part four. That, that is a possibility, <laughs> man. It, it, hopefully, at least it's more interesting than our Antarctica talk. Well, right, and a, there's a lot of interesting shit in the Antarctica. So that was like our second episode, second and third episode, yeah. something like that. And it was, you know, it, it's awkward and, and cringy to go back and see. But there was a lot of interesting stuff, so I encourage Especially you to Especially the haven't. ice fighters. Oh, yeah, no, that freaked a friend of mine out forever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I encourage anybody who hasn't gone back through some of our backlog. Don't go listen to it. We sound terrible. It, it is awful. <laughs> we sound uh, worse than we do now, which oh, is yeah, no, much better. <laughs> it, it's just, like, super awkward and, and cringy, but uh, it is a lot of cool information that we did track down for it. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, you you may be getting a third and fourth of weird Russia. Um, oh, let's yeah. be honest, it's Russia, man. Oh, I got a real doozy like, coming up here about... Oh, I we're got, not even getting uh, into dash cam videos of weird Russia shit at this point. No, we're, we're not getting even into, into other stuff. No. But, all right, folks, this is it for this week. Sorry if we bored you for this long, but we, yeah, all, we do appreciate all, all our listeners and all our new listeners because we've noticed an uptick in our episode downloads right. which has been really awesome and we yeah, thank no, all our listeners cool. old present and new ones right. yeah i'm not even sure why it's just kind of uh something's popped up where we're just kind of 
some of our subs even now. She's like, God, are you guys kind of taking off more? Because, I mean, we do have... Because I, I haven't gone into detail, but I've told her a few things. Like, hey, we got this kind of coming up. We're getting this thing kind of set up at some point. We're going to be doing this. We we're going to get our own only fan pages. Right? It's get the cream pies ready, man. It's going to be great. But, uh, but no, just that's a bad like, wording uh, there. I know it is. And that's it's a bad intentionally put in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, like we got a few different interviews potentially on the uh, horizon here that really super excited for. Um, but yeah, just different stuff like that. She's like, ah, you, you kind of, kind of, Getting bigger, it's like I, I think really. it is. I mean, it's a, just, there is. It's like 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 I always say. <coughs> we just like talking to you guys, and we will yeah. be doing this every week anyway. So <laughs> if I just record it, and you guys listen, I'll be getting it. Right, it, might as well be hanging out here listening to our idiocy, anyways. So you know, we welcome you to the table. All right, stop idiots. with the Midwestern goodbye. Right, well, <laughs> you know, slaps leg, gets up. All right, say goodbye, Marty. <laughs> goodbye, Marty. All right, goodbye, folks. Bye. Thank you.